today's episode is going to be how during the pandemic I realized and accepted that I am an autistic man. Welcome to Inclusive Education IRL. Today, we're going to talk about how I saw signs of autism in retrospect in my childhood, teenage years, and adulthood. How I'll also be talking about how autism is seen in society and why people don't want to have those labels. And lastly, we'll be talking about how you can develop skills as an autistic person and connect with people that are like you and build a sense of self-identity and solidarity to kind of help you get through life. I'm a special education teacher, so I work with a lot of people that are labeled autistic and some that do not have, like their primary label is not autistic, but uh, like a secondary or like tertiary uh, eligibility they have for special education services is autism. So it is kind of categorized currently as a learning disability if it interferes with a child's um, capacity to kind of academically expect it to be. So I work with a lot of autistic kids and I've seen a lot of similarities with them and myself and I don't have an autism diagnosis. Like I never have been, but like thinking about myself as a kid I see a lot of me in those kids like they just needed a little bit more guidance in in what they're doing and then generally that's not surprising like if you so everything is set up in a way where if you don't have money or knowledge you don't have access to things so like there's accommodations for people that have autism and unless it's a huge problem you won't receive any support in the school system unless it's inconveniencing a lot of people so a lot of people like me kind of just went through school being weird (laughs) and not receiving any official support even though it would have been really helpful and the older you get the less likely it is for you to receive support I feel like autism is talked about a lot more than when I was a kid or a teenager or even a young adult and some of it might be because of my career path and what I'm interested in. I think overall there's really like a surge of media and stuff like that that deal with autistic people and there's a lot more understanding I think in the past or like historically uh, if you were autistic or labeled with that label of autism you were hidden away from society and like a mental institution where you were just kind of kept alive and uh, just out of society's uh, reach. I think like in the first podcast episode that I did, I talked a little bit more about that. And there's like some documentaries online and on Netflix about that, which is kind of uh, explicit and violent. And we're like, oh my God, how would we ever do this to people that we love? But yeah, there was a lot of stigma around having someone in your family with autism or like 
some, any type of like mental health impairment. So usually they were just sent away from the family. But what we're learning now about autism now, it's considered a spectrum disorder. So I think many people have an idea of what an autistic person is. And I kind of want to shed light a little bit more on what that can be um, as a person that identifies as an autistic adult. So people on the autism spectrum disorder usually have a lot of difficulty with communication. So uh, maintaining or starting conversation, uh, communicating in ways that are kind of socially acceptable and in the social as well, like being able to do eye contact is one thing, uh, maintaining friendships and things like that. And then this isn't sensory difficulties, processing like sound, light, like feel, like touch is a big one. So some autistic people are like way more sensitive to different sounds, lighting, and things that they eat or touch. A lot of the information that we have about autistic people are based on studies done on younger white male children. Women exhibit these characteristics different than men and so do adults from children and like teenagers. There's a lot to be said during the early stages of life, but then it gets harder and harder to kind of identify autistic people the older they get because they develop more skills. For me, personally, the ways that I, when I think back about like my childhood, like I had a lot of trouble, not so much with like the sensory stuff, but a little bit with the play, like I would rather just play it by myself. And I didn't understand like certain social <laughs> interactions, like what a kid was expecting me to do if they did something. So like if they wanted to play with me and I didn't want to play with them, I would just kind of ignore them. Like I was just more interested in what I had going on. Like I would take uh, recesses off and like read Narnia books and stuff like that and usually I think that was considered a punishment but like for me I was like whoa these books are really good like I'm just gonna read them and that's just as pleasurable to me as it was uh, to go outside and run around and then like communication I think they're kind of like the stereotypical like oh yeah you got some really good vocabulary and kind of talking in a either a monotone voice if I wasn't paying attention or in a way that was like, considered more formal that a lot of autistic people do sometimes. And then in terms of like behaviors, like, yeah, it's short attention span for sure. And like my behaviors as a kid were just like, wanted to just play my uh, Pokemon Red Game Boy game and just kind of do that rather than like going outside. So like interoception, I think that's what it's called. But you can look it up. It's like, having either a heightened or dull sense in your body. And that's something that I really experience. Like my sensitivity levels are like all the way down low. So I can't feel when I have stuff stuck on my face or body. Like cleanliness was definitely a struggle for me like earlier on in my life and still is because like, I can't feel stuff on my lips and stuff. Um, or like eyes, so I gotta make sure to uh, check myself in that manner uh, because my body just doesn't feel things like as highly as like usually people do. Like I'm a lot older now, so I 
can figure out ways to kind of get around that with like routines just building different routines that help me uh, make sure that my face is clean and I don't smell and then for sensory I really don't like the way that metal spoons feel in my mouth so I actually eat with a plastic camping spoon and like that's my preferred method of eating it's either with my hands which I would always gravitated to uh, as a kid with the whole pupusa thing like it's part of Salvadorian culture you could eat with your hands and it's not considered gross so I always went that route and kind of embraced that part of the culture uh, but then when I got older I kind of realized like oh I don't like the metal spoons in my mouth and then once I started to get a little bit more money and got exposed to like camping and stuff like that there's these sporks that are sold in camper campers like gear and they're made out of plastic and that's just what I would use. That's what I've been using to eat for like the past seven years, I think. So, and they're great. <laughs> I love that. That's like my little hack. Like, I love it. And then people always are like, even my coworkers that are special education teachers, or in that field, they're like, oh, why do you eat with a plastic, like, spork? And I'm like, because I want to. Like, it's my accommodation. One reason I see people avoiding the label of being autistic is because, I mean, everything in our society tells us that, you know, autistic people are bad. And, you know, there are some pieces of media that kind of spin it positively, especially recently but at the end of the day like people are still bullied kids especially kids are still bullied for being autistic or for having autistic traits and not getting social cues like we're social like we're built to care about what other people think about us so you know it hurts to be rejected and I think I always hear this misconception that people are like, especially with students, because the way that adults talk about students or talk about them in front of their face to other adults, like especially younger kids, that people are like, oh yeah, like he's the big A, or like they try to like mask it or whatever, and you, they usually say something like kind of just off that they're like, oh, you know, autistic people can't have friends. And that's why I don't think they're autistic. And and then I'm like, well, I didn't come up with this on my own. You know, the psychologists did the tests that are objective. They talked to the family. So uh, there's that. Like, I didn't, you know, I'm just going with, the information and the way that everyone else gets uh, diagnosed in the school. So I think a lot of people have negative feelings towards autistic people. And I think as an adult too, like when I've mentioned it, like people don't really know how to take it <laughs> or like they just kind of brush, brush it aside. Um, or other people that I feel like are autistic, uh, when I mention like, oh yeah, you know, like that's an autism thing. like. I feel like I'm autistic. You know, people don't necessarily embrace that because all their previous experiences with that type of terminology is just like rejection 
and like probably bullying and pain and they've probably been dodging it all their life because like speaking from experience like since I didn't have too much trouble in school like it wasn't difficult I just wouldn't do the work at times like I never had that like no one really tested me or anything for that because like when I actually sat down and did stuff like I didn't have a problem with it so there's a lot of people like that so there's a terminology called masking that like autistic people just they create a mask for themselves and that mask is what they think is like normal so they don't stand out and don't get like bullied basically and like adults do this so during the pandemic everyone had a lot of downtime so a lot of people were able to like bring their mask down and like realize like oh that's not who I am like I actually have a lot of difficulty doing the things that I usually do and maybe I should try to live my life a little bit differently or maybe I have challenges that I've kind of been ignoring this whole time so that's something I've seen especially online and there's a lot of like pushback on that too like especially from older folk they're like why is there so many autistic people now like all of a sudden like people are just making up labels to like feel special and stuff but it's definitely like something you can't change about yourself and it's a pattern of like your existence that if you are autistic you're like oh wait not everyone has trouble feeling like pain in their body (laughs) like that's how I feel or like like that's considered rude or they they took that as if I were rude like I was just trying to give them some good information so they could make an informed choice about their decisions so it's definitely been a challenge especially like in the workplace and stuff as a as an adult but uh you live and you learn and I think that's the biggest piece of it is that even though autistic people have these tendencies that doesn't mean that like it's a death sentence for them or us like we can definitely learn things and that's what I do with my students right like I can identify the lack of skills that they have and kind of help them uh, develop those skills in ways that make sense to them and usually the students I work with are make great progress in their social and academic goals because I take the time to work with them as individuals that I feel that they can make progress and (laughs) I feel like I've been there before so I'm like yeah it's gonna be hard for a little bit but then you're gonna figure it out and just letting them know that people feel good and it works from like kinder to adulthood in my experience in my own experience as an autistic person I have seen my challenges diminish as I grow older because my abilities have stacked and so has my access to information and money to help me and I'm also fortunate enough to be married to my wife that helps me out a lot and she has ADHD so she kind of understands a lot of what's going on with me and we've both been learning about the whole neurodivergent stuff together 
and applying what we learn to like try to make our lives easier but also to advocate for other people like it's easy to say from where from the position that i'm in now i feel like children and like teenagers they often feel like really isolated and like rejected and those feelings are definitely like amplified when you're that young but i've definitely always been kind of embraced my interests and i've always tried to be around like supportive people but not everyone has that i think that's something that i wish was available for more people was to just be able to surround themselves with supporting people that can anticipate their needs and help them before they reach like panic mode i think that world is possible and like good teachers i've met i've had the fortune of meeting a lot of them like they anticipate the needs of their students before they have them it's possible you know it's possible if you care and if you gain experience as you go you know working with students i'm able to do that for the students i work with but there's not everyone that is neurodivergent has an IEP like not everyone's going to get the support that they need unfortunately the way that everything's kind of set up right now in society but community like having a strong community is definitely something we should be striving for because not everyone can think in the same way and like being autistic doesn't really make you better or worse it just means that you interact in the world in a particular way and yes there are autistic people that have like intellectual disabilities and there's autistic people where you're like mm, are you really autistic and you know and everything in between so it's important to you know keep in mind that not everyone can do everything at once and that we need to work together to be able to do things that haven't been done there's a lot that can be done especially for young people that are kind of learning about how to exist in the world autism has been here since forever it's just now that we have words to talk about it and we can send it to each other through the internet that it's uh becoming like easier to understand that some people are different and that's okay just want to reiterate that i think in the first couple episodes like the stigma of special education and what is a hidden disability like i talked a little bit how i've been learning from other people other like neurodivergent creators online like sharing their own experiences and it's been cool to see like the younger generation really talking about it a lot more but it's also cool to see millennials and like boomers talking about their own like autistic and like ADHD and like trauma responses you know most people don't feel safe talking about those things it isn't safe there's a reason why people don't talk about it it's because it's not safe there's a lot of rejection so as a recap, I wanted to talk about some of the things. Some of my personal experiences as an autistic child, teenager, and adult. We've talked about ways that autism is viewed in society and ways that we can build our skills and support each other in a community setting. It's also really important for people to uh, a sense of self-identity and that's why like the label autistic can give people like a self-identity and a way to view themselves that makes sense like they're not able to do certain things because they're autistic and that it, 
makes them not all the negative things that they thought about themselves prior. It's important, you know, to connect with people that are like you and whether that be race, religion, neurotype, preference of like music or whatever, like it's important to be with people that are like you. A sense of self-identity. So that's the end of this episode and thank you so much for listening to all of it. I am I'm learning as I'm going. So Inclusive Education IRL has an Instagram and a Twitter page. If you send me a friend request or follow, like I'll be more than happy to accept that. Want me to talk about anything in particular or you have a question for me just about what I've been talking about, just send me a message on one of those platforms and I'll be more than happy to talk to you about it. Thank you.